I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. One nine hundred hustler, Charlie speaking. Holla at your boy. <laughs> 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 expect you to go there with the intro man uh i could i, I should have gone 1900 uh ditd but I, I, I was read i was reading off and I, was, I, was, I was trying to be safe with it but yeah first things first watch what you say at your mouth when you're talking on the phone to hustlers <laughs> freeway slays that shit man uh, we'll get to it. Shout out to Freeway, man. We'll shout get out to Freeway. It. Fucking hell. Yeah, shout out to Freeway. Shout out to Freeway. He's been going through some shit, man. Shout out to you, Freeway. You are a fucking survivor, man. Yeah. Flip side, Def Jam, Fight for NY, classic banger. Legendary stuff. Absolute tune. Absolute tune. Flip side. All right. Hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? Oh, what have you been to this week? Ah, what a week. What a week. You know, it was, it was, it was really, okay. it, uh, yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've had a calm week all 2020. I don't think I've ever had a calm week, actually. I don't know. I'm 32, man. I'm coming on 60. I'm fucking feel old. Uh, <laughs> <Very> existential. <laughs> never a calm week. No, never a calm week. But, um, this week uh, people were shitting on the music, but actually there's some great projects came out. I'm not going to go best to worst because I loved all these projects. To be honest, I, I really enjoyed all uh-huh, of them. Nice. I'm not going to rank them. Uh, we have Abracadabra, Product of My Environment. Um, this is like, the way I felt about this project is plenty of drill artists have tried to crack the Rubik's Cube of drill. How do you keep making drill music but diversify it? How do you line up all the colors on the melodic side without fucking up the hard edge side? How do you line all the colors up on diverse beats but keep the energy side the same? And Abracadabra has fucking done it, man. The whole product moves and evolves and grows and breathes. It just it feels like a living organism. It never feels like he's forcing something onto us. It's almost like the music is a stream of conscious thought from the lyrics to the beats and it becomes a bit of a journey and I really enjoyed this project, man. I, I figured I might after that two-pack I reviewed a few weeks ago but I didn't know he had this kind of range and diversity. Great project. Mm. Uh, Shane Noir, After 12, fuck, man, what else? What, what can we say? This, this is her best release this year. Uh, I feel like she's really growing into this more central role she's playing in underground rap. She's rapping with grace and confidence right now. There's there's barely anyone more experienced in this scene at the moment than 38 Special. And she sounds like a veteran next rapping next to him. Uh, her wordplay and her lyrical ability is just brilliant. She actually gets quite emotional with her lyrics. Uh, she elicits emotion. Her content is engaging. There are very few things that she is not maxing out at right now. Um, and I really love it when she just lets loose, like divine knowledge. She doesn't try anything at all. She just tries to make the best possible rap, rap track she can. Uh, man, like a song like Cruise Control could easily be on a Freddie Gibbs album. Like you just be like, yep, this this fits perfectly on fucking Bandana or something like that. That's She's just at that level now, like genuinely top quality. And she continues to improve. So I think she's got more projects coming this year. 
I, th- I think I remember her saying something like she was just locking December down. I think she has another project coming, so stay tuned for that, I man. I think it's her and a few other people okay. at such a special. Okay. I think that's why. Okay. She might be producing some of it too because she's producing a lot of her own music at the moment. So, fuck, man. Just high quality. Yeah. More high quality. Your old Droog. Uh, Dump Yod. Uh, Yod? Y- y- Y-O-D? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Am I wrong in that? I don't know what that word is. Don't ask me. <laughs> all right. Well, I thought this I was... I say YOD, but... All right. Apologies if I got that wrong. Uh, this is a very, very good project, man. Shout out to your old Droog. Oh, I guess your old Droog is Yord. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. You YOD. But, um, yeah, man, shout out to... just clock that? Yeah, I just clocked it then, bro. I told you oh, it's been a rough week, up. man. <laughs> I told you it's been a rough week. My brain is hazy. My brain is hazy. Woo. Um. Woo. Okay. <laughs> your old Droog, uh, I think at this stage, if, if your old Droog hasn't blocked you on Twitter, you're doing something wrong because he loves to block, man. He loves hitting that block button. But um, Mac Homie pops up on three times on this, this album. He absolutely slays. LP slays. They all slay. Everyone on this album slays. Droog is very engaging, very interesting. The way that I envisage him is... It's like going out on various different nights with an intellectual friend and then you cobble it all together into some kind of thing. Like, you know the way that people get really chatty or eloquent and illustrative when they're like a little bit drunk and they just let loose? I feel like Drew just goes off on this project all the time under that. Like, when he rapped in Russian, holy fuck, man. Because Russian is Drew's first language. He's he's Ukrainian and he moved to the US at the age of four. I didn't know that. I didn't even know Drew was white. Like, he said it a, a couple of times in this album. I'm like, Duke's white? Wow, you know. I haven't really been tapped into his music, but... Um, yeah. It's very... It's it, it seems like a loose theme throughout this project, the autobiographical nature of it. And he's very expressive and informative when he talks about it. Um, and the other side of this is I never get the pretentious feel from this project. A lot of people say they get a pretentious feel from Duke. I didn't get, get that. I just felt like this guy's really smart, very good at rapping, and he's just like he's not holding anything back. He's not filtering, you know. It's just man. so I I thought this was a great project. DJ Mugs, uh, Winter Soul Assassins, bro. This is just heat, man. It's like old school sampling heat. Like I I really like these exclusive drops, these albums that. The artists seem to have deemed worthy of keeping away from DSPs and charging real money for. And they just feel more special. And maybe it's it's simply the exclusivity of it. But this album actually feels opulent. Similar to the way that Pray for Paris felt opulent. But it doesn't have the insane feature list that Pray for Paris did. Um, I mean, obviously, it's got fucking Baldy Janes, Capadonna, Mayhem, Loran, Rome Street. So it's a great, you know, great feature list. But he, he obviously hasn't just gone out and just spent a million dollars on features. Uh a great project, man. If you can get your hands on that, I would highly recommend it. Uh, Limbo Deluxe by Amine. Amine has dropped now two of my favorite projects this year. And the weird thing is I have not gone back to the original Limbo once. I don't know why. Um, when I spun the Deluxe Edition, I was reminded just how much I loved it when it initially dropped and how adept I think Amine is at creating genuine earworms and tracks that really like they soothe me i don't know why they just soothe me and they draw me into the album i don't know what this quality this specific quality is where an artist makes a brilliant project but you don't go back i don't know it could be that the moods i've been haven't been matching this 
But um, man, this is just top tier again. This is really, really good. Like I think it's ten extra tracks, something like that. This is great, man. Uh, Rico Nasty Nightmare Vacation, bro. Rico Nasty has no fear whatsoever. She just, she just fucking waltzes onto every track and just tears each instrumental absolutely fucking down to its base elements. She just goes bonkers on this, man. It's a short listen. But it's very diverse. She switches her flow every 17 seconds and her vocal tone every 11 seconds. But, and a lot of people were critical of that on Twitter. They're like, well, that sounds like a really bad song. And I can understand that, man. Like, if someone's just going, uh, 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 like, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? But she isn't just wailing or warbling. She's laying down quality vocals all the time that match the production. And yeah, man. Great project, great energy, well worth a spin. And finally, uh, I got to the Little Yachty, uh, Little Boat 3.5, the Deluxe. And I liked it. I really liked it. I actually liked it more than the original, which um, I did not like very much at all. I thought Yachty sounded more engaging on this. He sounded a little bit more clued in, a little bit more energetic. Uh, the beats were a little bit more aggressive. And yeah, I liked that too. So I... I liked everything this week, man. I had a great week with music. What about yourself, Charlie? Just a question. Do you, like, when you're listening to deluxe stuff, do you just listen to the, you know, the new stuff and just take that as, you know, its own thing? Or do you listen to the whole thing? See, obviously, deluxe has changed completely. In the old days, it used to be a couple of songs. Yeah, I think we talked about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not listening to Limbo again. I'm not listening to Lil Bo 3 again. I'm listening to just the deluxe (laughs) tracks. Um, And I prefer, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to do it this way, don't give me five. You know what I mean? Like, go either all in or all out. Give me 10, give me 12, give me 15. I don't want four or five new tracks because I'm just like, what is the point of this deluxe, man? What, what, why have I invested this time in this? You might as well just, yeah. So that, yeah, I, I don't really attach it to the previous album. Like with El Capo, Jim Jones's, I did not listen to the original El Capo again. I just was like, I don't tap in and see what they're at. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I remember I saw like the. Uh, uh, Buster Rhymes is the Le Two uh, oh, Dark Edition. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's stacked. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, start off with the Cormega. Nice, forever underrated Cormega. Uh, with Mega, it's literally called Mega. It's a little EP, little care package. Okay. Um, I think it dropped like, like in April. I think. Oh uh, shit! Like, it's been a. It's, yeah, it dropped like ages ago. Yeah. Um, but I caught it, and I was just like, "Fuck! All right, let me get on some Mega." Um, and. Uh, yeah, man, it's actually really, it's it's like, I don't know, it's like a eulogistic element to it. Like, it, 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 like he's he's delivering bars as if he's like gonna be gone tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I kind of I kind of rate. I hope he's cool, like you know, yeah. health wise. But like, it, it's it's very interesting of how like he spend the whole he spends the whole EP just dropping just like just lessons and dropping gems. Um, uh, Sheik is on here for a feature. That's pretty cool. Um, the beats are actually very interesting. They're very they're much the they're very similar, um, but they're all very like piano led. Very uh, very um, what's the word? There's there's a, there's a word I'm looking for. But like yeah, it's very it's very momentous, I guess, like, in, in how it's in how it's done. But yeah, it, it comes off very it comes off very nice. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, yes, yeah, there's some great bars. Some, just some you know, if you, if you don't know Cool Mega by now, fuck. Um, all right, key. Is it Kia? 
because there's a Kia and then there's a big A next to it. And I'm just like, Kia A or Kia uh, Forever Your Girl. Right, I've saw, I saw this on like the, I've seen people mention this on their list recently. Um, and it's the first time I've even heard of Kia. Um, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, clearly I'm missing out. So I'll just give you a listen. Um, it's cool. It's, um, it's, 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 it's got an abstract nature to it. Um, in just how she goes about uh, her uh, her uh, delivery and uh, just how the song structurally goes, uh, which I which I call, which I like, is very cool. It's very interesting. Um, it keeps you keeps you you know entertained in that in that in that fashion. Keeps you attentive. Um, what I will say, and and this is kind of just not this is not in shade to her, but it's kind of just like in comment of the fact that they've put an album like a, an album such as this right on their list right. And it's like the only one of its kind, if that makes any sense. Um, it, it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. It's just like, so you've listened to her and you rate it to that, rated that album, but you didn't listen to, you know, X artist here that I can name, like, you know, and, and no, nothing. It's, it's just, it's just weird to me. I find, I find that weird when it comes to some people's lists and uh but you know that's that's no shade to the album itself it's a decent album worth a listen uh but yeah i, I just I, I don't really know what what some of these album lists are even getting at um but that's just kind of just a <laughs> that's kind of a, a bites commentary um desron douglas and brandy younger force majeure um Brandy Younger, uh, one of my favorite, um, I guess, I guess, jazz musicians at the moment. Um, she, uh, prim- she just plays the heart basically, and uh, it's, it's fire. Um, and uh, her, I think, husband or just partner in general, uh, Desmond Douglas. Um, they basically recorded this. This is super raw, like super raw. Like if you, if you, this is literally. Um, I, I don't know it, how much you know mixing there was to it you know i mean in the in i don't in 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 the in between between the recording and the dropping uh but it just seems it comes off so raw like you just hear the you you hear the fact that like they're in this room you kind of like imagine uh just sitting next to them basically and they're just playing right and yeah it it just it's so interesting it's it's such a fascinating album like it's not exactly something that you you know put on for the background so to speak you know i mean it's not like a you know just something you click click away to um it's just like it's like a live recording so to speak um in that case uh but yeah it's just it just comes off super raw and i just i really like that element of it and uh you know so it's a real it's a it's a real interesting listen and uh they they come off with some like uh you know some just some stuff in the middle, just like saying stuff. Uh, one <laughs> Desmond says, uh, "We'll be right black," <laughs> and uh, or to Nina Simone and stuff like that. And uh, uh, what was it like? A uh, black heart can't be recreated; it can only be uh, uh, can't be imitated; it can only be created. Something like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, just some you know, just some nice little affirmations as well. So it's a, it's a nice touch. And they don't know how to say force majeure, which is kind of uh, interesting. <laughs> All right, Chain Noir after 12. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Love me some Chain Noir, one of our favorite uh, discoveries of this year. Guaranteed. Um, I've been listening back to obviously Juno and uh, As Gone Intended recently. And, you know, it's just, it just, this just adds on to the three pack of just absolute heat that Chain Noir has dropped. I think objectively she's just put out um the clean some of the cleanest work um pound for pound uh next to anyone uh, them, uh this year um it's definitely been her year um 
while I thoroughly enjoy the project, I have to say, I, ha- I have to get on my soapbox, is this an album or an EP? Genuine question. Because that, that I, I swear she said, uh, in terms of uh, looking back and saying, you know, as God intended, definitely an album, right? That was like 40 something minutes, uh, Juno. It comes off as an EP to me. Um, but then again, this she labels this as an album, um, but it's shorter than Juno. So I don't know anymore. Um, clearly, the laws of physics just, just, you know, people just don't give a fuck about the laws of physics. Charlie's head's just exploding right there's, now. There's, there's there's no there's no point there's no point bro i'm trying to do these lists uh-huh. and you lot ain't like you ain't you lot ain't telling me what it is all right i can't like i, I was i was literally i finished up the ep list and then i was like oh shit chica's industry industry games is an ep it not is. an album i'm like fuck right and then i'm just and now i'm going back to juno and i'm like is this an ep is it an album i don't really know and then this comes out and it's shorter than juno and i'm just like what the fuck is going on don't understand it i'm, I'm sure there's i'm sure there's a artistic uh, implementation that I'm clearly not seeing with some of these some of these artists, it's just pissing me off. And you know, it, it, it you can label it as an EP on 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 platforms. So you know, stop labeling it as an album if that's the case. You know what I mean? Just I just, I just want clarity. That's all I want. That's all I want is clarity. If I want to I want to put this shit on my lists, but I don't know if I can or not because I don't know which one it is. But anyway, regards to that, it's a solid project. Uh, Kipstone. Uh, it's two P's. Uh, Hom. Uh, this is very fascinating. This is a very fascinating album. Um, there's a there's a Mick Jenkins feature on here, which um, I haven't heard Mick Jenkins since the circus, like literally like the first project this year I, I listened to this year. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't heard from him since uh, until now. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a real clean album. It's a real clean album. There's, there's some the the beat choice is very interesting. I can't really explain it. It's like um, it's like it's like Earl and them esque. But not exactly like them. It's got that. Um, it's got that. Uh, that that that. Not laziness. I'm not. I don't mean in, in terms of like you know performance or anything else or anything like that. Or in terms of like you know how the production is. It's not shit. It's not garbage. But like you know how there's like a a drowsiness to that to you know Earl them kind of music. Um, there's like a drowsiness to the production here. Um, that kind of just sits in the background. Um, but uh, regardless of that. Uh, it's it still it still makes out for an interesting a, a very interesting listen. Um, the first couple of songs really get into like uh, um, him and I guess his uh, there's like some lessons from teenagehood I guess in there and you know it kind of it kind of goes on from there. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's some there's some great uh, track uh, track names here it's like people be trash. World be trash, jobs be trash. So clearly, there's you know a a, a kind of a, a, a theme going on here in terms of just like how he sees the world, and it's kind of like that. It's it's that kind of album where like here's how I see the world, here's how I perceive it um, through the eyes of Kip Stone. It's 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 it's, it's listen. Um, so, you know, fit just under an hour, thirteen songs. So uh, yeah, definitely worth a listen. Uh, and a great interlude, great great interlude. Probably my favorite track on there. And uh, lastly, Joya Mui. Joy, J O Y A M O O I. I'm say Joy Um, uh, blossom carefully. This dropped in October, and I'm actually kind of pissed because, like, I've been, I've been, 
sometimes I find these artists right and I know I know they're gonna drop something soon so I just like you know click that follow button you know what I mean just have it just you know wait on it and uh, Spotify let me down on this fact because um, I actually got this from a sponsored post so I'm just like well shit Spotify did me dirty on that but anyway um, uh, yeah so it's, it's a real solid uh, EP real great listen um, I love her just her uh, 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 her delivery um, I love her songwriting, songwriting ship, <laughs> for like a fair phrase, you know what I'm talking about, I love how she just like, you know, writes the lyrics and stuff like that, my only thing is that, um, it's kind of a sound that, uh, that a lot of R&B, R&B women especially are doing right now, and I feel like for, for someone like, for someone like Joya, um, who, you know, is not well known at the moment, I feel like there needs to be like a a real USP. She needs a USP at this point, and I don't know if she has one right now. I enjoyed listening to it, and I'm sure you know if I lashed it to anybody that enjoys some decent R and B, um, they would enjoy it. Um, but to really take it up to that next level, she needs a USP. I don't know what that is at the moment. Uh, maybe it's just an upping of the songwriting game. Maybe it's a singing game. I'm not sure. Either way. There just needs to be USP, and I hope she uh, comes through with that and evolves as she goes along. But um, you know, as a, as as EPs go, real solid EP, just under twenty minutes, definitely worth a listen. And uh, with that said, we shall hop on to part two of our Jay Z retrospective insight. <laughs> Garage voice for no reason. Um, all right, so what where we're going? We're going from Dynasty to the Black Album. So the final, th- so the end half. Um, of the first half of of Jay-Z's career, so to speak. Um, this is probably most people's favourite, um, uh, I guess, stretch of albums. Um, obviously, we've got Dynasty, Blueprint, Blueprint 2, and the Black Album. And uh, obviously, you know, Unplugged, but we're not going to talk about that because it's Unplugged, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, well, just I'm not, <laughs> nothing really much else to say. Uh, ben, you're, what, what have you got for us today? Let's hop, uh, let's, uh, let's, hop, let's hop away to Sydney, Australia. And, uh, 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 no, go, <laughs> go. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were going to do your little Australia research corner. I don't. Are we are we not doing the, the research corner? I mean, when it, when when we're doing a three part on someone, I mean, uh, the the we're already there, right? We're we're, I, we're I don't camped want to water in the down research the corner. Yeah, we're camped, bruv. We're quarantining in Ben's re- research. Charlie's house with for me the next in the research corner. Days. Charlie's with me we're here quarantining in the research right corner. Now. Exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, man, four four classics, four classics. Jay dropped in a row. Imagine that, four straight uh, up okay. classic. No, 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 no. So. <laughs> So we rejoin Jay's story at it was it, this was an interesting period for him. Okay, so October thirty one, year two thousand, Dynasty, and the album is designed to solidify the impact of his various rock signings and push the label into the bad boy category. Okay, what we're gonna leave this episode with. That's where we start the episode. We're going to leave the episode with the Black Album. Just three years, three short years later, the album that signified the end of Rockefeller and the beginning of Jay-Z's work as Def Jam president. Crazy, right? Like, it's it's a wild whirlwind three years, right? So, Dynasty is a dark album at a dark time in Jay-Z's life. He was facing assault charges and jail time over his stabbing of Lance Rivera. He had just lost a child to a miscarriage, the second miscarriage that had happened to him in his life. 
and he was only like 30 at this age uh, at this stage mm. um he was attempting to reconnect with his father and it was going poorly he was struggling to adjust to the fame that obviously came via his last two albums which were you know very commercially successful uh he had high profile beefs with lox jazzo nas prodigy he was having issues with uh dehaven and he was trying to explode his label into the stratosphere all at the same time all this shit was happening at the same time there's a lot of pressure on jay-z at this point and dynasty was originally meant to be just a straight up compilation album not a jay-z solo album but at the last minute def jam convinced him to put his name on it he recorded i just want to love you and there was one other song one other of the solo songs he recorded right at the end um and those two songs kind of def jam used to say you've got to make this a solo album because they did not believe that it was going to sell you know anywhere near what it what they wanted it to sell what they needed it to sell at the time uh if it was just a rockefeller compilation album so he put his name on it it sold 560k first week which is massive uh it went number one it's easily his most collaborative lp uh, f- only 47.3 the lyrics come from Jay-Z 37.5 come from rock artists and 15.2% come from non-Rockefeller artists he became the second rapper in history to have two number one albums in a calendar year I listened back to the podcast last week and I said it was 1999 but it's actually it was actually the year 2000 that that happened so um, volume 3 came out right at the end of 1999 it did not go number one until the year 2000 because I think it came out 28th of December and it went number one like the 3rd of January or something, 2000. So, And then this went number one, obviously, its first week. Uh, it's a huge album because four artists that will become p- genuinely pivotal in Jay-Z's mid-career classic run, which was Blueprint and Black Album, got their start on this project. So Young Guru got his first credits on Dynasty, as did Just Blaze and Kanye West. Think about that, man. And Bink. All four of those were involved in this project. Just Blaze got five production credits, including the intro, which is just, just yeah, I mean, it's one of the best intros ever. Uh, Kanye only produced one song, but it was This Can't Be Life, which is iconic. And Bink popped up. Bink popped up. Um, 1900 Hustler is legendary because Freeway popped up for the first time as well. I just absolutely slayed his verse. Um, Beans was actually meant to close that song, but Freeway was given the opportunity and Jay said to him when he laid his verse, he actually said, this is your introduction to the world. And it's become an essential album in Jay's catalog for numerous reasons because Kanye just plays and Bink were the architects of the Blueprint sound, like the sped up soul samples. And tracks like This Can't Be Life would create an entirely new direction for hip hop production going into the 2000s. And it showed that Jay's desire to cut musical ties with most of his prior discography, which I found really weird. So last week we spoke heavily about Jay's desire to just recreate whatever worked. So he would just try a bunch of shit and whatever worked, he would then just, you know, almost robotically recreate it on the next project. Here, it's like, I don't know, he just went completely different directions. It's like he just tried to reinvent himself. Like this is the first time that DJ Premier didn't appear. And he would never p- appear again on a Jay-Z album. Never again. Uh, it's the first time the Neptunes produced a Jay-Z track. He had Rick Rock. He had Rock Wilder. And he was really trying to capture that Bling Era sound, but also root it heavily in Boom Bap. And I think he was pretty successful there. Uh, like Squeeze First, Stick to the Script, Streets is Talking, 
they all really knock, but they all sound more futuristic than Volume 2. And they, they were expanding upon the threat of Volume 3, but then you get like, where have you been? This can't be life. Like, lyrically and conceptually, this project is absolutely all over the place. It's a complete mess. It's his darkest and most personal album until 444, and I think it doesn't get the credit for that. People say Volume 2 is, but this is definitely, man. This Can't Be Life and Where Have You Been? Fuck me, man. There's a brutal songs. He's like really angry and frustrated that the life situations that he's in. And then, you know, soon you'll understand has that self-awareness, but also a helplessness and a loss of control that he showed on You Must Love Me. Uh, Streets is talking is like this stream of conscious thought. It's like a runaway paranoid mind. And he's confused at how fame has actually turned against him. And the success that he craves and courted has become such a negative presence in his life. Because think about it, he genuinely courted this success. He wanted this success. I mean, we showed it last week how he kept trying to recreate things at work. He just, he wanted this and it turned against him. And I found that fascinating. Um, and in Decoded, he said, uh, he said of this can't be life. So he pretty much summed up this whole darkness of this album. He said, I went into some dark personal storytelling about a time in my life when I felt truly confused and lost between worlds. The voice in my head screaming at me to leave the street shit alone, whilst outside I watch Big and Nas blowing up. On top of that, I've got heartbreaking and personal issues dogging me. So, you know, I, this I think he's like really reaching back into his whole life and it's almost like a reset button, this album for him, where... He got a little bit caught up in the volume series and it's kind of like trying to recreate that reasonable doubt. Like this is the whole, this is the album I've spent my whole life making mm. kind of feel. Um, the features on here are very hit or miss. Uh, I think Scarface fucking eviscerates everyone on this can't be life. His verse uh, was actually a true story. So apparently they were in baseline shooting pool preparing to spit their verses and Scarface got that phone call he's talked about in the song. And Jay-Z told him to come back another day to record, but Scarface was determined to record it. He just went in the booth and just spit it, just scrapped his original verse and just wrapped this new verse. Like that's that's some that's legendary shit. Um, I think Beanie Siegel annihilates everything on this album. He's the standout guest on this project wherever he pops up. Bleak really was good too, although I didn't really enjoy Holler, which is the track that um that he has a solo track on here, which he actually also produced and Beehive produced it as well. So shout out to Beehive and shout out to Bleak on that. Um, yeah, man, I, I get very, very 444 vibes off this, which is very weird, very weird, but it feels more organic than 444. Now I'm not saying uh, 444 is not organic, but like that felt quite forced, 444, like the whole idea of getting a bunch of people in the studio and we're gonna talk through some existential stuff and some personal stuff and then we're gonna make music out of it and like it's almost like we're trying to curate this where Dynasty, it just feels like, I don't know, Jay-Z just went in there and, and did this shit. Like he's just, these are raw wounds that he's spitting onto wax. And um, yeah, man, it's an interesting album. I go back to it pretty regularly, but there are a lot of, I feel like there's quite a few skips on here. The ending, what was the ending? Like they had, um, where have you been between yeah. the last three songs was really weird. I want to soon you understand squeeze first. And then where have you been? Bro, what the fuck is squeeze first doing in between there? <laughs> soon you'll understand. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, this is deep. And then squeeze first, ask questions last. <laughs> and then where have you been? <laughs> what is that? That was, 
That was the weirdest three-track run I've heard in a long time. It just did not fit. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of skips on here. Obviously, the biggest skip is the worst song that has ever been laid down on wax. Guilty until proven innocent. Has a song ever aged worse than yes. that song? Yes. No song. And Ch- I sent Charlie's picture. I got the I got yeah. the making of the video <laughs> on DVD. Like, that's how... Oh, bro, man. What were they thinking with that shit? Bro, terrible. But yeah, weird, weird album, man. Weird album. But um, I go back to it quite a lot. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm so glad that was the last thing you mentioned because that was going to be the first thing I was going to mention. Uh, <laughs> damn. How amazing in hindsight. I, 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 just, I just can't get over the fact of how hiding in plain sight R. Kelly was. I, I, I just can't fathom how fucking crazy it is to listen to that track and just hear the hear that fucking <laughs> hook. Your cats can't touch me. You can't touch me. No, you can't touch me. Jigga Kelly, not guilty. Try to charge me, but I'm not guilty. I got <laughs> all my mammies. I got all my mammies. Tell me what you want you want from me. Tell me what you want from me. I'm not guilty. I just oh it's just so oh, it's I don't know, it's amazing. It's like it's like watching and I'm I'm being very, very glib about this, obviously. Obviously there's 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 a bunch of um, you know, turmoil that we can talk about as <laughs> James Clark Kelly. But I just I just have to just marvel at the fact that this dude in 2000, and obviously there were many other red flags before this, um, but wow, wow, wow. How did it take us until 2018 to actually like get this dude on some charges? Absolutely mad. Anyway, past that, um, and yeah, Ben's right, is unlistenable. It's, it's as, as, as funny as I... Uh, I find it is is unlistenable, um, but yeah, the the rest of the album is very interesting. I'm actually kind of interested uh, interested in the fact that you found uh, the uh, uh, the introspection uh, kind of vibes that you get from this. Like for for me, the fact that the fact that there are so many, you know, obviously uh, rock la familia heavy features here. Um, it's kind of the thing I always t- I-, I took away from listening. Um, just the amount of you know the amount of Beanie, the amount of uh, Memphis Bleak we heard from uh, from in in this record. That's kind of where I that's kind of where I left off um, from from listening and just like how. And I was kind of thinking to that of just like and obviously we're going to mention the rest of the works in the in uh, in this uh, in this chapter, but like and just like thinking a little bit more forward and just like wow this really is a, a label album just with jay-z's name on isn't it and that's the first yeah, thing i said right in and that. like you were definitely yeah, right it, in that yeah yeah exactly and then past that like my further thinking was just like wow and then black elf came and just like he, he just yeah he, he just, just pulled the plug yeah just pulled the plug it's it's kind of fascinating uh and obviously that we'll I think you know thread that need a little bit um, more for out, but yeah, that's kind of just the thing I came away from that, and uh, it's good that you mentioned the introspective uh, uh, side of it because I I really didn't even um, uh, clock that in my overall thoughts about the album. But now that you say it, um, it's obviously very clear in terms of just like 
what Jay wanted to talk about and in that in that time. Um, but yeah, I kind I kind of I guess I I kind of looked at it in the zoomed out uh, perspective, and you obviously zoomed in uh, much more, which is good, and I like that. Uh, I like the fact that we had that. Uh, have those two parallels because that's obviously important but yeah so it's, it's 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 a real it's a real good album actually i i actually enjoyed the majority of it um just from front to back listening um you know it's very so you know, obviously like you said uh <laughs> there are some hitches let's just say in there where you're just like whoa oh, oh, okay that's a bit of a vibe change oh okay we're back we're back to introspection okay right you know it's 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 a bit jumpy um <laughs> but uh you know, it's 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 an okay album. It's it's an okay album, and um, it's it's definitely better than Volume Three. So uh, you know, I can't, I'm, I'll I'll will take that dub um, and 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 run with that, um, and we can and we can hop into uh, the Blueprint Uno if you if you may. The Blueprint. You know what? What I love about this album is I really like the background to this album because it reminds me a lot of what well, obviously it happened prior, but. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Crystal Fantasy by Kanye or even Stillmatic by Nas, like that back Mm. against the wall kind of tired is turning against you album where you just pull a classic out of your back pocket in a really short space of time. So Jay-Z facing two felony charges. He was beefing with Jada Kiss, Fat Joe, Nas, Mob Deep. And obviously he was facing a lot of criticism that his sound was starting to grow stale. And he said... I titled this album The Blueprint because it takes you back through my whole life. It's the blueprint of why I am the way I am. And the claim that he wrote the whole album in two days is a myth. Uh, He did write and record nine songs in two days. It was a weekend, if I remember correctly, where they all just like, it wasn't even that they locked in or set a time. It's just, it's really a great story. Like they just started making beats and it just was a creative run that they all got on. Uh, Just Blaze Bink. Uh, Kanye and Jay-Z just went went crazy over that weekend and it took two weeks to fully finish the album which is a wild amount of time for something that is a genuine classic uh, it dropped on 9-11 um, and it still managed to sell 427k first week it has the least guests of his career and when I talk say guests I mean credited and uncredited which I'll get into with the Black Album uh, it's his second highest reviewed album with an 88. Reasonable Doubt had an 89. 119 third person references with 24 different nicknames. He really went in on that, man. And 58.7% of Jay's bars are bragging. That's a lot of bars, man. Like, when you think about it, like, it is a concept album, but at the same time, it's very true to hip hop roots of, like, just. Bragging is a generic hip hop concept. I, I'm not saying it's a bad concept. I'm not saying it's a good concept. It's just it is a generic hip hop concept, and it's it's probably yep. the hip hop concept that has been around the longest and still remains to this day. So to be doing yep. it like 20 years, you know, after hip hop was created, 22 years to still be doing it and creating a, a classic album off it, that's pretty skillful, man. And uh, Jay Z wanted "Heart of the City" to be the first single, but then he premiered. Uh, Izzo at the BET Awards in June 2001, and the response convinced him to run with that. It became his first top 10 single as a lead, and it peaked at number eight. He said he struggled to finish that song. He said he smoked weed to help him get over the writer's block, which evidently worked wonders. Heart of the City was meant to have R. Kelly on it. Bro, didn't we not dodge a fucking bullet there, man? Because Heart of the City is one of Jay-Z's greatest songs. It might be my favorite Jay-Z song. Yeah, and there's there, no, 
Imagine if R. Kelly was... Oh, <laughs> shit. We dodged a fucking bullet, man. So let's reflect a little bit on the album and concept because the Bling era was in full effect, but it was yep. being tempered by the East Coast who were pushing back against it a little bit. The South were embracing it, especially Cash Money. Fully. But Diddy mm-hmm. and Bad Boy were also embracing it. Uh, sure. We were getting epic crossovers like Hate Me Now by Nas. And Dre and Diddy were dominating 2001, Still I Rise, Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, then we got mixed in with like Blackout by Meth and Red. Uh, mm. Then there was X, Made Man by Silk the Shocker. We had Grandiose Rap with Stankonia. We had G-Funk with Snoop. We have Boom Bap with Wu-Tang. And we had Hip Hop, which was tinged with R&B from Ja Rule and Nelly. So there was an opening for someone to come in and create a new sound. But what the fuck was that new sound going to be? You know, that's a stacked different amount of like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And the three kingpins of this album did that. That is Just Blaze, Kanye West, and Bink at Baseline Studios where they were creating it. There was an A and a B room. And in Jay's words, he would record in the big room with Kanye. Just Blaze would hear it, go to the B room, and then knock out a beat. Then Just was record that record with Jay Bink would hear it, go in the B room, try to beat it. So it basically became this huge competition between three of the, well, I think three of the most technically proficient producers we've ever seen. And I actually wrote a huge article on the uh, origins of the sped up soul samples from these three. And it was actually Bink who was doing it two years prior to Just Blaze and Kanye on major releases. Um, mm-hmm. So Bink was, you know, and, and I got into some stuff with Just Blaze on that. I got into some stuff with Bink. Like I spoke to both of them. And, uh, yeah, I came to the conclusion it was Bink who was doing it prior. I think all of them had a role in shaping this new sound. And to me, we get something pretty close to perfection. Uh, I think it has the freeform feel of someone who's definitely working on the fly, which is in, I think, direct contrast to his two other classic albums, which are Reasonable Doubt and The Black Album, which felt very curated. Like he's like locked in trying to really create something brilliant. This one, it just feels like he just created something brilliant and he wasn't maybe not really trying to. Um, the Ruler's Back is, you know, it's a nod to Kick in the Door by Biggie lyrically and Slick Rick's Slick, uh, The Ruler's Back conceptually. And on this song, like, yeah, he just, I think, I think this was like a, What's the right way to say it? So I bought Watch the Throne on vinyl yesterday. It was $200. It's a beautiful package, man. It's so beautiful. And they just went all out. Like you could see they really, like you know when you succeed, but you didn't really, like you didn't actively show you were trying to succeed. And it's not that Mm. big of a deal. But when you really put your entire effort into something and you fail, it fucking hurts, man, because you really pushed the boat out. You really tried and you failed, and it's quite embarrassing. So it can be very difficult to really try, to really say, I'm going to really try. And I think on uh, the ruler's back, Jay-Z said, I'm going to really try here. I'm really going to try and show that I should be the best rapper in the game, and it could have failed. That look at the outlook at the projects around it. Best of both worlds, massive failure. Uh, Dynasty, not a failure, but if he put the rulers back at the start of Dynasty, you'd be like, mm, nah. Like, you know, Blueprint 2, no. So it's like, it, it, was a big, uh, it was a big risk. I think it paid off. I think it really paid off. The only song I don't like here is obviously Girls, Girls, Girls. It's <laughs> super cringe in 2020. 
but it seems to be like a rite of passage for a male rapper to have a song where he just has this laundry list of female conquests. You know, everyone fucking does it. Someone did it. Who did it the other day? And they had T.I. on it. I forget who it was. But, like, it's just a... It's it's almost like a trope now. Um, yeah, I thought this was... You know, the, the only song I don't listen to anymore, surprisingly, is Song Cry. Um... I don't know. Maybe I overplayed it. I, I just not. People put it up there as one of his best songs, but I don't know. The lyrics are a bit confusing to me. I'm like, is this? Is it? Thank is he like, you. Is he trying to be toxic? Is that the point? Or, Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, it's confused. Like, is he actually yep. saying I'm a very toxic person and I'm fully embracing that weekend style? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. is he? Is he not? Is he admitting a bit of toxicity, but also? Yeah, I don't understand it. Like, I, I don't really get my head around that. And when he played it at um, Fade to Black at the concert, I did get the feeling he kind of understood that he was fucking up. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really understand it. But you know what? Yeah. With Blueprint, I always struggled to understand the classic status with this because I never, I never placed it that highly when I was younger. But the context was key. Like, mid-career Jay-Z, he was beginning to lose himself to this commercial void he was being attacked on multiple fronts. He hadn't dropped anything revolutionary in five straight years. I know he dropped good projects, but they weren't revolutionary. And he did it all in basically a fucking weekend. Like, yeah, man, context on this album is key, I feel. Um, So I'm glad you mentioned Song Crackers. I love the, yeah. I love the, you know, this, the, I guess the, 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 you know, the intro behind that. And, uh, you know the the sampling behind the beat and stuff like that, but yeah, that's just I was listening to lyrics. And I was just like, I, I don't know what 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 was this supposed to be? Because like the 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 song itself sounds like he's he should be bearing his soul, but it's like, eh, not exactly. Anyway, he's but, not yeah, really was, is he? Like he's yeah, he's no, not really just, like he's admitting know. to some things he's done wrong, but at the same time yeah. he's almost like, I don't yeah. know. I was just fucking them girls. I was gonna get right back, like. Bro, are you, are you what? What? That's like the fourth last line. Like, what do you? Yeah. What, bro, but to be no. fair, now I'm thinking about it. In terms of like the track list, right? Like in that middle bit, like you have never change, which is obviously just you know, I'm a never change, which is kind of like Jay Z in a nutshell. I think if if I'm if I pick any song to be like the the nutshell of Jay Z, it'd probably be that. Um, and then you have Song Cry, and then you have All I Need, uh, which is just another you know just flex track uh you know what i mean yeah. it's just yeah and then um you know and then blueprint mom loves me and i'm just like so it's interesting that we don't have that same um uh what's the word um like knee-jerk reaction to like so- from song to song um because i feel like this is a, a low-key just a, a minor recurring theme here where like he just has those moments where the track list just comes off like Wait, what? <laughs> like, I'm not expecting like to have depressing song after depressing song after depressing song, right? But whatever. But uh, introspection after introspection after introspection. And obviously, you know, people can mix, match however they like. But it just some sometimes it just comes off really just jarring. Um, but for some reason, it doesn't come off too jarring as the ones we have mentioned before, uh, which is kind of fascinating. But like the first half of this album is just fucking bangers, apart from yeah, girl, bangers. girl, girls. Um, you know. Ruler's back, love that beat, super just oh, super slick, love it, really brings me back to like reasonable doubt days, 
<coughs> takeover. We've talked about takeover in a, uh, this episode. Um, Izzo's cool. Um, Jigger's cool. You don't know is a banger with the capital fucking B. Total banger. Total. Love that B. Love that B. Love that B. Holo Vito's cool. Heart of the City Hola. is a top five uh, Jay Z track. Um, and you know, obviously Renegade as well. That's cool. <laughs> and I, I love the fact there's Girls, Girls, Girls Part Two. It's like, you know what this song needs? A part two. <laughs> Bro, don't you? Maybe you just don't love girls. Because, you know, <laughs> maybe that's your problem. I love girls, girls, ho- ho- girls, ho- girls. Homies. Maybe you only is love it, is one it gay girl. to not like girls, girls, girls? <laughs> Maybe you only like one. Maybe you only love one girl. This is not about. This is not about monogamy. This one, Charlie. Maybe you're. Maybe you're a one girl guy. It's not resonating with <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, shit. May, may, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Who knows? We shall see. Ain't happening right now in this economy. No chance. Um, but, but yeah, no. So it's a. I, I just. I don't. I don't know what it is about it. Like it's just. Um, it should come off as like really dated, but it just doesn't to me. Um, and I guess that's credit to, you know, obviously the, the, the holy trinity of producers that, that you already named. Um, I think there's just a, yeah, for real. there was just a, a an understanding, like a, a, like a chemistry there, an understanding that just like, I'm going to do this beat, you're going to do that beat, and it's just all going to blend together so nicely. And it's just a solid listen throughout. Um, and I don't, and I, I don't know what you, uh, you mentioned that, like, I get. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that like you didn't initially think this was a classic, like from I guess like like ten years ago or whatever, um, depending mm-hmm. on what time frame you judge classics. But um, it's interesting thinking about that, and I'm trying to like think, you know, like back to that and not have this hindsight, um, you know, uh, injected in my veins, um, but. I can I, I I just like I just like comparing it to something like a reasonable doubt and like seeing that um, and obviously the evolution between those because um, I always jump between the two uh, regularly and then just the others just the others are just there for me um, and then the next one's probably Black Album and then there's obviously Volume Two which we'll get to uh, uh, Blueprint Two in a sec but. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting how I how I go how most people go back to this and then reasonable doubt and then you know hardcore Jay Z stands going going to more stuff in the middle, um, but I guess for me in this album comparing it to something like reasonable doubt I guess it's very similar in how like you know the first half I really enjoy right and then after never change it gets and you know I guess lyrically. It can, it can, and con, um, in terms of content and subject matter, it can get a bit like, whoa, just like the, like the ride just gets a bit uh, jerky, you know, similar to what we were saying about Reasonable Doubt. Um, and I guess that's, you know, if I, if I consider Reasonable Doubt the best album at this point, and then Blueprint just under that, um, you know, literally just, just a little, just a little step under that, um, that kind of makes sense, I guess, in, in my, in my, you know, <laughs> uh, way of thinking about it, uh, which is kind of interesting. Like, and, and and it's kind of interesting for me in the whole context of this. And I and I we've got two albums left in this case, and you know, I'll, I'll, I may or may not change my opinion on this front in terms of the two albums we're going to go to next. But like at this point for me, I find it interesting of the fact that like like there, there's there's always one 
two or three tracks that like that either you just have a, a moral obligation not to go back to <laughs> or you just don't feel like going back to you know what i mean i find that interesting and i don't know and i'm i'm saying this off the cuff like i'm not i haven't put any like mental thought into this as it pertains to other artists but i just find it interesting that how consistent it is that like he has the he has the tracks that he has the albums that have this um uh, that have all these imperfections but uh you know we just take it for what it is i guess and uh that's, that's kind of fascinating um thought i'd just like to put forward with no uh w- with no prior research <laughs> so uh, uh so yeah it's just just something i thought of. but yeah it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a great album it's a, it's a great album to listen to like, i can still listen to that today it's, it's great even though um it is very 2001 but it's a timeless 2001 which i'll which i'll which i'll have have to give credit for um you know i'm not listening to um i ain't listening to ja Rule no more <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so you're lost man. you know that's a dub. My loss, isn't it? <laughs> Murder. Uh, you know, it's 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 my loss. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I'm always this, always on time, bruv. Don't don't get it twisted. If Shanti's on that feature, mesmerized. Oh, Jesus. I'm always on time. Come on, no, don't, don't get don't get it twisted. I'm listening to Shanti features, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know about the rest, but yeah. All right, all right. I I hit up a bit of living it up. I get a little bit of living it oh. up. What? Do I do? And all my ladies says, living it up, say. Why not, man? Get into it. All right, well, let's let's, 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 let's just get into an album that is, is dated poorly. Uh, we get the Blueprint 2. We get the Blueprint 2. So, Blueprint 2, uh, let's set the scene musically here because there's a bar, some bars on the bounce. He raps, for those that think Hove's thing is bling-blingin', either haven't heard the album or they don't know English they only know what the single is and single that out to be the meaning of what he's about and being I'm about my business not mingling much so he basically is saying on this album that I sprinkle a lot of commercial tracks on there because I like to make money like it's pretty simple but I am (laughs) deeper than that but the problem is that the Blueprint 2 Look, I like these albums, okay? I like Blueprint 2. I like Streets Disciple. I like these, like, albums where artists just drop a bunch of content because I like to hear what an artist's mid-tier sounds like. I don't know if that's weird, but if I love you and I think you're a great artist, I don't want to hear your best content all the time. I want to see what's your B content and what your C content is because... I find that really fascinating. And it's only something I discovered about myself recently. Listening back to our episodes, like listen back to the common episode and saying that I really liked universal mind control and just being like, why? Or like, you know, and then I like the mid-tier content because it gives me a bit more of a idea of, I don't know, you know, it's like when you're dating someone and they're too good to be true. And you're like, yeah, well, where's the, where's the kicker? Where's the interesting part? Like, it's pretty boring. You're really great. You're really understanding. You're really emotionally stable. But where's the actual interesting part? Like, where's the bad part? And we got a whole heap of it on Blueprint too, man, because he'd just come off the back of an all-time classic. His confidence was pretty insurmountable at this point. And yeah, I th- he lost the beef, beef with Nas. But at the same time, I think Hove was intelligent enough to recognize that that beef only served to elevate both their statuses and it was not a wash. You know, it was it was pretty close to even in the end. Like, Nas pipped him at the post. 
And it was Young Guru who convinced Jay-Z to do a double album along with hip-hop, the uh, the legendary A&R, uh, Kiambu Hip Hop Joshua. And Guru said, and I'll, let, I'll say this in Guru's words because it's interesting. Jay was like, nah, I don't need no double album. I'm like, nah, B, all the greats like Tupac and Biggie did double discs. To put you in that league, it was a serious competition. Me and hip-hop were the ones that, that were seriously arguing to do a double disc. We looked at Jay's career from the outside, so we're like, in order to be on the same level level as Big and Park, you have to do a double disc. They both had double albums that were like perfection, especially Big's. When you're doing a double album and you really only have 17 songs, you start to do filler records. We Then we do songs like As One. We never should have done that. We were close. That was really my fault. Hip-hop had a bit to do with it. It was a mistake. You learn from your sta- mistakes. It was my bad. There's gems on there, but it has a lot of filler too. And I really think that sums the album up perfectly. Fans are constantly trying to create a 12-track classic from these 25 songs. Think it can be done, not a classic, but like a very, very good album. It's Jay's second lowest reviewed album with a 64, but it is his first album with two top 10 songs. Okay, uh, 03 Bunny and Clyde, excuse me, miss, both went top 10. Last time Memphis Bleak would ever appear on a Jay-Z album is wild um the reason it's my favorite jay-z album is because it's the first hip-hop album i ever listened to because oh three bonnie and clyde was blowing up and i went out and and picked it up man and i this is like you think about it like this was just 25 songs of discovery for me you know i am in love with hip-hop and i have been for i don't know when did this drop 2002 so 18 years and I am a voracious consumer, and this gave me so much content to consume. Like, it was like, wow, it was like discovering new land. You know, if, if this is your first time ever, then you're going to think Blueprint 2 is great because it's the first time ever discovering hip-hop. Um, the concept on here is very loose. So it's meant to be the gift of being talented versus the curse of being talented. But we get weird songs, and this is what confused me about the gift. The gift is way worse than the curse. Excuse me, Miss and O3 Bonnie and Clyde are fine on their own without the concept. But if you can, if you apply that concept, then you're only getting women because you're talented at rapping. Like I don't know, it's that's why I say the concept's loose because you can't fully apply it. It's like oh, I'm only really with these women because I'm really good at rapping. If I wasn't good at rapping, these women wouldn't want to be with me. I don't know. I found that weird. But um, I think Hovey Baby and The Watcher are two of Jay's greatest lyrical performances, Hovey Baby definitely. I really only feel like he goes off that way two more times in his whole career. I think Blue Magic, people really underrate that. His flow on that and his lyric, it's just wild. And the third verse is Smile, which is out of control. Um, there's some ultra mid are all around the world, pop and tags. Why would you get, why would you get, who's on that? Big Boy, um, Killer Mike. And someone else is on popping tags. And it's like, bro, no. You don't get legends like that onto a song like that. Um, The Curse is a much better disc. It's much darker. It's much more emotional. I think this was Jay-Z's bag long before uh, this record. Obviously, you know, we've spoken about it ad nauseum here. The emotional pain confused Jay-Z. Some people hate. Great song. Meet the Parents. One of Jay-Z's greatest storytelling songs. Somehow, some way, try to catch the feeling of This Can't Be Life with uh, Beanie Siegel and Scarface. It falls a little bit short, but still a great song. Um, the Neptune's beat on the track with Young Chris, great song. 
there's some really woeful songs on here, but Too Many Hoes is terrible. Terrible. As One is terrible. Um, I think Bitches and Sisters is the bonus track on here too. Terrible, terrible, terrible songs. I, you know, uh, again, I liked them at one point. I was 14 once, you know, so I'm sure all 14-year-old boys like stuff like that, but... Um, I think the beats on here are pretty good, but Kanye has four, Just Blaze has seven, Neptunes have four, Timbo has a couple, Jay-Z recorded 40 songs in a month for this project, and it feels like it, man, it really feels like it, this was a, this is a letdown after the blueprint, this was a, yeah, this was a, a correction. Just a quick question, uh, when does the gift end and the curse begin, by the way, in terms of like discs, when, when is it, where's the cutoff? Uh, I think I did it my way is the end of the gift and okay. Diamond is Forever will be the beginning of the curse. Oh, Charlie, yeah, Charlie's... Yeah. See, sorry, guys. Charlie's Charlie's not from the physical copy era. Charlie's <laughs> from the Spotify era, so he doesn't understand. <laughs> Did two discs? What's two no, discs? No, I, I just didn't look it up. Leave me alone. Oh, God, a double disc. I'll shut up. All right. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, now that you said that, I, 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 I'll agree with you that the second half is better than the first half. But, you know, not even by that much. I think I feel like, um, obviously, you have the, the, the trio of popping tags, Fuck All Night, and the bounce. I was just, I'm just like, yeah. Nah, the bounce is all right, man. The bounce is all right. Okay, well, I'll say this is, a, per- this is a personal thing, because uh, the, the bounce is on, like, an NBA 2K soundtrack one time, and I heard it constantly, so I kind of just stopped like loving it so i was just like please get this song out of my head um and i used to play nba 2k a lot so yeah it turned up a lot um i do like the watcher i love the watcher actually uh, i feel like whenever because rakim's on that isn't he as a, as a feature i feel like um, rakim is on that yeah, yeah i feel like just with and this is kind of just out the out the on the on the uh on a tangent a little bit, but every time I see Rakim on a feature, the whole song just immediately just, I don't know, just upgrades just a little bit. I feel like, you know, it's just, um, uh, that's why it's the God MC, I guess. Because, like, you know, when I when I see, when I see that the first track of the ELE2, you know what I mean, he's on that as well, and that just that's just heat. Because I feel like, you know, just because he's on it, everyone has to, you know, try a bit. I don't know, that's just the aura of Rakim right there. Um, we should have Rakim all throughout, these, uh, throughout this album, see what happens. <laughs> No, God, I just, I just thinking about that. Just imagine that. Uh, imagine Rakim on too many hoes. Doesn't work. Um, <laughs> um yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, shout to you don't know, you don't know remix. Uh, I use that beat for my uh, for for my radio show uh, intro, and I got mad hype every time that came on. Uh, so yeah, shout out to that song because it's absolute banger. Um, Wait, real, which song? Real, real, real which pers- song is a banger? Real, uh, what you don't know remix. Oh, you don't know. I thought you said too many hoes. I was like, what? Yeah, calm down. Fuck? Yeah, calm down. Listen up. Yeah. No, you don't know remixes. Um, the, bro, uh, MOP. Fuck, fucking hell. Wow. Yeah. Oh shit, they yeah. went. I mean, obviously expect that. MOP, great, but like, that was that's a whole other level. That song. Yeah, that's that's some energy right there. Absolute banger energy. Um, but yeah, I I, I will ask you. I will ask you this, like, because. I I have to, I feel like I have to because the fact that Blue Point t- Blue Point the Blue Point two point one exists the fact that it even exists right um ha- 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 urges me to ask this question like was the Blue Point two 
even worth it? With all that context that you gave, with like with words from Young Goo, which is just which which is good. Um, I feel I feel like I I don't think I knew much of that, so I feel like that that really gave me a lot of um input on that front. But even with all that said, was the Blueprint Two even worth it? Since the Blueprint Two Point One even exists, because it's like a reverse deluxe edition. It's like a, it's like a it's like a like undeluxe edition. Sampler. <laughs> yeah. Sampler. You know what I mean? It's it's a, it's only an hour, and I feel like obviously that's much more um, edible. And you know, I think they I think they picked out of the you know of all the tracks they picked, you know, they cut it down to seventeen. I feel like for most of them, uh, it's pretty you know it's pretty it's pretty solid. I feel like you know some stuff that you still could trim out of there and maybe put some different stuff in. Um, yeah, that's to personal preference, but you know. Just the fact that two point one even exists says a lot to me. That like, I don't know. May maybe, may I I don't I don't want to I don't want to make any assumptions. You know what I mean? But I, I I just wanted to pose that question to you. Like the fact that two point one exists does that doesn't that like diminish the blueprint invalidate for, for blueprint yeah? Two. Does it invalidate you uh, for you personally um, in any way? No, not at all. I think, um, as I said earlier, like I, I like the fact that he just, I don't know, we got the B and C tier of Jay-Z. Um, okay, I'm I want to hear person. songs like... <laughs> no, no, I understand. But like, I understand what you're trying to say. See, yeah. the thing about the thing about Jay-Z and Blueprint 2.1, I mean, Blueprint 2 did fine commercially. I don't really think Jay-Z's caring that much that Blueprint 2 didn't get uh, received very well. It did 545K first week. It's three times platinum. It went number one. The reviews weren't great, but I think it did it. It had two top 10 singles. I really don't think he needed Blueprint 2.1. I think he was just trying to capitalize. If you look at what he was okay. doing around this time, he had Unplugged. He had two R. Kelly collabs. He had fucking Collision Course. Yeah. Like, there was a, sh- you know, he was just trying to make bank off music and sure, make bank sure. for Def Jam. And I think 2.1 went gold. Um,. And I think, you know, it was just like, hey, let's see what else we can get out of this project. How, you know, and I think it was it was low hanging fruit for him to just grab and be like, we'll just cut it down and we'll give you the, you know, the the recut version and the the streamlined version, uh, which I actually think didn't, you know, it's it's not that great, to be honest. There's some good songs on here, but it's not the best songs off that album. But yeah. I don't think it invalidates Blueprint 2. I think, yeah, I think he, he was always going to do a double album at some point. Nas obviously did Streets Disciple. Yeah. I don't know. He was just, it was a mountain he was going to tackle and he only got halfway up it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I, now that now you've, when you're halfway through answering that, I was just like, what am I, what am I saying? It's Jay-Z. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why I keep seeing it through this like artistic lens. It's like he, you know, he, yeah, he, man. He, like, he just... You're missing the point. Like, it's just, oh, it's just every time I just keep getting like my pull, my pants pulled down when it comes to Jay Z. I'm just like, oh, he's not doing it for the artistry, bro. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean, but oh, fuck, annoying. But anyway, um, even with all that said, right, I must say, I didn't really have any fatigue listening to this f- uh, from back to front. Like, I, I, because it's I, a classic. <laughs> Uh, I told you that though. <laughs> I told Charlie this. Charlie's like, "How the fuck am I to get to get through 112 <laughs> minutes of Jay Z?" He's like, "No one even puts this in any list. This isn't on anyone's list." And I said, "Charlie, you might be the first. 
you might be a pioneer here. And Charlie's like, no, not even a, a subjective list. No one even likes this album. And here we are. <laughs> I, I listened to it. And it's a great listen, front to back. There we are. <laughs> Prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> Come on, man. You were mad pissed that you had to listen to this. <laughs> I'm trying to test drive a new car and Charlie's blowing my phone up with voice messages, five-minute voice messages. I'm like, stop voice messaging me and listen to the album. <laughs> oh. See, there's there's some moments, right, where Ben exaggerates what I'm saying, right? <laughs> the fact that it's literally what it was. I was complaining was so factual. much. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm dying. That is crazy. <laughs> Just for kicks, what, oh, what car were you test driving? Uh, we were trying the new Isuzu D-Max, and it was, the ride was not good, so we did not buy it. I, did, I forgot Isuzus exist. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, okay. I, I gave me a headache. I was laughing so much. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the fact that there's some there's some merit I must give to the fact that it's an hour and forty eight minutes and I wasn't completely fatigued and just like you know going please get me off this train kind of kind of vibe that I got off um you know a significantly shorter um, volume three uh, but <laughs> and I just realised that that's how you spell PD crack just wow just didn't realise that's how you spell Ooh. it. Um, no, no. All right. Shout out to Petey Crack. Yeah. Great, great guy. I, I thought it was P E T E Y Crack because that's how you, it sounds like Petey, but it's P E D I. That just sounds that just looks weird to me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, the, uh, the features kind of lack on here. Like like you said, popping tags with Big Boy, Killer Mike, and Twister. You know, it's obviously the Southern thing going on and Southern Connection kind of thing going on. Like they did it in Volume Three, and I don't think it really worked as much as it did here. Bounce is just personally like I can I know why it's good but I, I just can't anymore. Uh, Lenny Kravitz on Guns N' Roses, <sighs> I won't be in that. I wasn't being that to be honest. Um, MIP like was one, good, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, you know the fact that you know I the fact that I got through it all, no complaints. Well, no no like fatigue complaints about it. You know that's a success in one way. So you know I'll I'll give that I'll give the dub. It is not his worst out. Al- it's not his worst album uh, so far oh, no. for me personally. Oh okay. It, it's definitely okay. not. It's 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 still volume three is the worst for me personally. Um, it's not exactly up to you know blue point one or reasonable doubt standards. Um, it's kind of like, uh, well I'll do I'll do my ranks after black black album. But yeah, it's it's it's. It's it's in the bottom rung, but uh, you know it's 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 possible. The fact that I, you know got through all with minimal complaints, I I kind of I kind of rate that honestly. So it's kind of I have to I have to give respect to that. You know what I mean? So uh, I I even might have had um you know a minor a minor fatigue with something like All Eyes on Me at one point. Um, Ooh. Not 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 for every listen, but there was one listen where I was just like. Uh, I'm I'm not feeling this right now. But that was just I think that was just my mood at the point. But yeah, you know. It's it's, it's 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 cool. I can't I can't, I can't really All complain right. too much. You know what I mean about uh, obviously there's much more to dive in here, but uh, you know, I don't. We don't have an hour and forty eight minutes. So, <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Uh, Charlie thinks Blueprint Two is better than All Eyes on Me. So we'll jump into no, the black album what now. What the fuck? Now, Pause. <laughs> ew, no, piss off. We just had to put some elevator music oh. over there. <laughs> nah, bro. Uh, you know that. Oh, fucking hell. There's there's. 
as, as, a, side, as a side note, there, there's a, there was a moment I had on my... Uh, sh- shout out again to my student radio show, because um, there was a time where I used to put on uh, Brooker T and the MG's Green Onions, and I used that f- two minutes, however long it is, to absolutely rage on something, and I would have used it on that just to fucking roast you on that because that was disgusting i can't believe you just said that that's, okay. that's horrible yeah. but... no i deserve that that was that was, <sighs> yeah, that was low tier wow. i'm wow. not gonna lie that was crass that was a low blow it was crass that was a low blow all right let's jump into the black album so uh there were a bunch of goals for this album that never eventuated jay's jay-z wanted it to be his last album it wasn't he wanted a different producer for every song that didn't happen. Just Blaze got three. Kanye got two. Neptune's got two. He wanted to run no promo. He just he said he just wanted it to appear on shelves and surprise everyone. Didn't happen. It was meant to have zero guests. And whilst none are credited, he actually had seven. Uh, just Blaze, who had the most vocals on the album of any guest, very surprisingly. Uh, Gloria Carter, Jay's mum. Pharrell, Kanye, Charlotte Gibson, Humvee and someone who is uncredited who i i've not been able to find that person so apologies to that person who's probably sitting at home being like man i was on the black album what the fuck (laughs) so yeah i could never find out the name of that person apologies um so what we ended up getting about as close i I think this is pretty close to a perfect rap album rap album okay i don't think there's a single wasted bar here i don't think there's a single mid-tier beat and obviously it's like that for a reason Jay-Z said in Fade to Black, when you're making your last album, everything has to be perfect and everyone has to be on the same page. Uh, Hip-hop said that they started going on trips to see legends like Rick Rubin, Timbaland, Pharrell. They flew Ninth Wonder out uh, for Threat. They had Mm. Aqua sneaking unreleased Biggie interviews onto a song that Aqua had stolen from MTV News. I found that story really cool. He'd stolen all these tapes from MTV News when he was an intern there. And when he was making the beat, he used one of the the unreleased big interviews. And I find this album fascinating for that reason because Jay was arguably the biggest rapper in North America next to Eminem. Obviously, 50 Jar, Nelly, but none of them were doing what Jay-Z was doing on the level he was doing it. So he had Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller he had Rockaway, he had Armadale Vodka, he had the Def Jam situation, he was slaying guest verses. You know, it's like there was a lot that he was doing at the time. And this was his last album. And this is that, that that effect I was talking about with Blueprint and the rulers back. Like, he's just like, again, I'm going to really put myself out there yet again. I'm going to say this is going to be a brilliant classic album. It's my last album. You know, this supreme confidence in his ability. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there were marketing ideas on here, like change clothes, basically repositioning hip-hop fashion as a more mature, grown look moving away from the oversized jerseys and into like high-end art uh releasing the album on acapella which had a slew of insanely brilliant mashup albums uh producing a film that was half concept uh concert half album documentary and i think the black album is jay-z personified because it's not just the music but the music is great and i really think that in it really encapsulates jay-z and the music is just so good, man. Just Blaze turns turns up like crazy. Kanye turns up. Every single producer here is at the top of their game. Ninth Wonder made that beat in 25 minutes on a ThinkPad computer because Jay-Z, he, he played him a bunch of beats and Jay gave him this sample and said, can you whip something up? So he just made it in his headphones in 25 minutes. Um, some of the beats that Timbaland played for Jay that Jay turned down ended up being hits for artists like Ludacris. 
Uh, and of course, the PSA story is is the great like. So the album the album was done, uh, and it was due for mastering. And Jay Z was running press for it one day, and Just Blaze was mixing, and he just made the PSA beat in like fifteen minutes, and he showed it to Jay Z, who was in the middle of his press run. And Jay said to him, "Now the album's done. It's done." And Just said, "The album isn't done until it's done." And like it was a weird conversation. Um, and so yeah, Jay was doing these press run, and he was composing the rhymes in his head while he was doing interviews. Then he would memorize them, and then go and put them down, and then come back and do another interview, do another four, five, six bars, go and lay them down. Like it was wild, man. And they ended up having to change the artwork and the the CDs to get that song on there. It, it replaced "Looking at My S Thoughts," which popped up on, um, which I think would have been a terrible fit for the Black Album. I like that song a lot, but it is blatantly a marketing song you know change clothes is a pretty clear marketing song but at least it's like veiled thinly in an actual musical song looking at my s dot sounds like it should be in a commercial um which it was it was in a commercial so yeah man i think lyrically this album really fascinates me because it's not explicitly a concept album but it's very open and raw and it basically becomes one because it's pretty clear that jay-z is in uh, a deep state of mind and everything he raps is filtered through that so he's autobiographical on songs like december 4th my first song moment of clarity but then he gets really venomous on threat what more can i say he's very pensive on encore and allure and then he kind of tries to catch the sound of the time on justify my thug he hits his storytelling on 99 problems i think every hove element is here and he's optimizing them all. He's optimizing them all. And we get this pretty close to perfect lyrical bubble. I don't, you know, I, I'm i a Hove stan. But I don't remember an album that I've really said, apart from maybe Marshall Mathers LP, if you got rid of Kim, which is a terrible song in hindsight. Um, I understand the artistic stuff about that. But I felt like uh, Eminem didn't waste a bar on that album. And I feel like in a completely different way on the Black Album. You know, they're very different rappers, but I feel like Jay-Z, you know, every bar is actually really great. Not just, you know, not just, yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I, I love this album so much. I, I really do. I don't think it's aged poorly. I don't think any of it's aged poorly. I just think it's a perfect album. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, man, this is, this is, this is uh, just a, just a real like I think I think you really summed up perfectly in terms of just saying like it's one of the best like rap albums like of all time like just just in terms of just strictly bars performance in that kind of sense uh it it just it just is is super clean it's super clean um it, even to have someone like as great as like Ninth Wonder right and obviously like you said have uh having produced Threat which uh, as Ninth Wonder beats goes is not even like any, any anywhere that's like that like, I, I i i feel like not to diminish the, the production or whatever but it just it just feels like ninth wonder just like literally just yeah, clicked his finger together. and just went here you go here's a beat like i'm sure he put mad time in it but it's just like there's so many other ninth wonder beats that are just so much better and it's just like this is it this is the and he says and he says uh, uh every time this uh anniversary of this album comes through he goes uh you know he drops the he drops like you know the album that or the song that changed my life, and I was just like, "Raw, like that important." Um, and you know, it was like, it's not even his best beat. And I guess that's compliments well, to the thing how about great it. I mean, is, that's but... the th- 
but that's the thing like it's it, you're right like and, and that's a bit sad but he got put on the spot and he had a, he said he had four separate beat CDs he was playing for Jay-Z so he had yeah. probably 80 beats on those CDs yeah. and Jay was like uh, yeah they're cool <laughs> but I want you to flip this sample and I want you to flip it right now and then I mean I guess you don't say no to Jay-Z like you just have to and, and Ninth said that was the only beat he ever made on that laptop and his laptop died after that that recording session and that's the end like so I think it's a bit harsh on Ninth Wonder but at the same time I, I don't think the beat is poor I think it's a great beat oh, but no, you're no, right no, he's, no. he's got so many yeah, more better beats yeah yeah, no, so it's not it's not crap it's not crap beat but it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's just 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 to say guys there's plenty of fucking great knife wonder beats out there but anyway um just go look at his own series like classics um yeah but uh, yeah it's it's just a it's just a great amalgamation of just like you know really good deep cuts obviously the popular ones you know double shoulder like no problems uh, uh uh psa like lucifer bang on you know what i mean just uh it's just it's just a really good it's a really good mix, you know. It's fourteen songs, so right? it's not, it's not, it's not two hours. It's it's, it's just under an hour, and uh, you know, it just it just comes through very nicely. It, it comes and goes. Like you you get what you you get all the bars that you need um, from a Jay Z album, and uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, what do what do old school people say? Um, they say um, all killer, no filler. <laughs> I think Jeez, I think that's man. kind of a I think that's kind of what you get with I this. Think Kiss has an album called that. Like, whoa, <laughs> all killer, no filler. That's that's what all the old school hip hop people say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it really is that. Like every every song just has its um has its moment. Um, you know, it has their individual vibe to it. You know, albeit you know some of them have very capitalistic tendencies, such as change clothes, which you know even even with all that said, it still bops. Um, it just, it just sounds like um, it sounds like a really peppy number to uh, excuse me to um, uh, like a <laughs> a montage of just like dudes uh trying on clothes uh for <laughs> for like a date they're going on for like a really black rom com in the in the late two, in the early two thousands. Change clothes and go. It's just, <laughs> it's just great. I just love saying that one fucking line, bruv. It's such a banger. I don't know why. It's just shout out to Pharrell, man. Fucking G. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, man. It's just it, it, yeah. Just I can't. There's, it's not much more you can say about it. It's just um, you know, it's just a real. It's just tight, and I think this is it. This is that album that is just just tight. There's no there's no flim flam. Like there's no there's no like. Let me just go on a tangent for like three tracks and then get back to it. You know what I mean? There's nothing. There's nothing like that. Um, which you know, to me personally, I have to. I might. I might. I'm. After all these years, I might replace Black Album uh, as the as the best Jay Z album to Reasonable Doubt. I must. I Told might you, say, man. I might say that. It's there. It, yeah. Uh, it, it's it it's yeah. very. It's, it's. They're literally neck and neck for me. Like I, honestly, like I. I prefer listening to Reasonable Doubt, right? But do you, I can't deny how just from front to back just supremely airtight this album is it just it just, every single song just hits in its own special way and they all have a place there um it's it's right there bro it's right it's right there man and uh yeah so what's that so it's black album slash reasonable doubt and then it's uh blueprint one and then for me it's like it goes from like uh dynasty volume two 
yeah, Volume 2, Volume 1, uh, Blueprint 2, and then Volume 3. I think that's how, I, that's how I'm ranking them so far. Okay. I think um, I think I got, yeah, I got Black Album. It, I'm going objectively, not subjectively. Sure. I got Black Album, Reasonable Doubt. Blueprint, uh, Volume 2, Dynasty, uh, Volume 1, Dynasty, Blueprint, oh no, Volume 3, and then Blueprint 2. I got Blueprint 2 at the bottom, okay. I think. Yeah, objectively. Um, but uh, subjectively, <laughs> always Blueprint 2 at number one, man. Always, forever. <laughs> Blueprint 2. I, I would love there you know to, I'd love there to be a series. I wonder if anyone's done this, but like, and, and please, guys, give me word if anyone's ever done this, because this is a fucking great idea. Like, just, a, just like a little mini series, or just a, you know, just one of them generic YouTube series, right, that don't have any ending, but, you know, abruptly end at some point. Um, like, having someone just make a case for an album being a classic <laughs> i feel yeah, like ben's would be uh, blueprint too it's like hear me out guys hear me out <laughs> it's a dissect season on blueprint too <laughs> oh my gosh imagine oh my gosh longest fucking shoot oh, that, that that whole cole will be dead by then right? he'd be just like at the end of the year just going well that was blueprint too guys <laughs> just crying at the end of it <laughs> um uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what we got uh, for the moment, and I think it's kind of an interesting uh, place, obviously, to end it um, in terms of the whole career of Jay. Obviously, there's three years in between the, this, the retirement album, and uh, the next one, which is Kingdom Come, which I'm so excited to listen to um, for 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 kind of meme reasons. To be honest, I I have I'm everyone says it's his worst album, and I expect it to be horrible. I'm expecting. I'm expecting garbage. I actually am. So like, so I'm I'm lowering my expectations to the doldrums, and I can't wait to listen to it. So uh, I do like "Show Me What You Got," and that's the only song I can remember out of it. So, uh, you know, so that, that's one. That's one for us. Bro, come on, bro. <laughs> that, that that horn, is that horn, bro. A state of emergency. That horn is so fire. Like, I just, oh, I, love I love everything about it. I love that beat. Just, oh, so decadent. Uh, it's it's great. Um, the random uh, cameos in the music video of Danica Patrick yeah. and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wild, then, right? Sure, right not. Let's get, some Na- let's get some NASCAR people in here. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what this show, this uh, music video needs. Um, but Jay Z on a speedboat doing that like Queen wave where he like puts his oh, hand yeah. together yeah, and like twists <laughs> it. Now wave, like what are you doing, man? Oh, like I cannot wait. I cannot levels, wait. levels, because he was on the ocean. And there were waves. Oh, he was on a wave level. Shit. Oh shit, man! Who See? directed that? Give him the MTV music video. Best rapper. Nah, man. It's, just, it's all Jay. Best rapper alive, man. Shit, bro. Shit, bro. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fascinating. It's gonna be fascinating. I'm actually, I'm actually excited for the for the last chapter because um, it's kind of like the 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 the, the, the place where I'm most uh, uh most uh, I guess um what, what's the word for it? Not lost, but like. Looking forward to diving into, I think. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. All right, let's hop on straight to a lighter note, and we have some great news, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you guys, uh, if you if you guys know me, and you probably don't in this case because I don't know when I've talked about this, um, but I am an Olympics fucking carnivore, bruv. Like when the Summer Olympics come through. I do not talk about anything else. It is all Olympics, bruv. I am watching sports that you have never seen, and I just watch it <laughs> just fucking because it's there. Honestly, I, I take in anything. 
I, I'm watching. I'm watching skeet finals. Uh, I'm watching fucking white white water kayaking. Uh, I'm watching yeah. fucking. I'm, I'm watching epee uh, yeah, fencing. fencing. I'm watching all the taekwondo, all the judo. Like, bro, I'm bit of dressage. No, fuck the dressage. Fuck the dressage. That's the oh, only right. one I hate. Fuck the dressage. Dressage wow. sucks. Hate dressage. Fuck dressage. And that's a Damn. very personal reason why I hate dressage. But fuck dressage. Dressage stands going to be fuck after equestrian. you on this man. Come the fuck Damn. at me, equestrian stands. I do not know who is a fan of equestrian and doesn't have a fucking annual income of more than two hundred grand. Get off me. Get off me. Fuck equestrian. Bun horses. Bun. Any of that. Anyway, with that out of the way, I am a Summer Olympics geek. Um, and it's just been announced. I think it was today. I think it's today, isn't it? I, I literally just saw it today. I only just... Um, I literally just saw it 30 seconds ago on my... Yeah. You just saw okay. it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. There you go. So, uh, breakdancing is one of the new sports to debut in the 2020, uh, 2024 Olympics. Sorry. I, did, I thought it was next year. I was going to get gas. But, yeah, for the 2024 Olympics um, in Paris... And uh, oh, oh, it's, that's just a win. That's just a big fucking dub for hip hop. That's a big fucking dub for the Olympics. That's a big fucking dub for breakdancing just in general. Like I feel like, you know, obviously we talked about it uh, a little bit during the uh, bias episode. Where we were talking about the five elements and like where the, you know, where they, where they, ca- you know, came to popularity and you know, uh, obviously some of them falling off in some in uh, not, a main, not being on a mainstream thing and very underground. And obviously, breakdancing is uh, the one next to graffiti. Um, but <clears throat> it's just, it, it's, this is just so good to see. This is just so great to recognize, um, you know, not just a, a sport in one, in some cases, but a, but a true art form. Like watching, watching breakdancing, especially like, re, like, you know, now it's just absolutely silly. <laughs> like the 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 level of quality in those in those people are just apps it's just it's just unfathomable like they they they're twisting themselves they're flipping they're landing on their fucking spines just you, you wince but then they just get right up in the rebound it doesn't make sense it doesn't make any physical sense and by physics i literally mean the scientific version physics like it how does it work how the fuck do they just bounce off their back literally flat on their back and just get the fuck right back up, stuff like that. Obviously, all the head spins, any of that. It's just, it's a marvel to watch. And uh, I'm so happy just to know that it's going to be there for 2024. Um, it's just absolutely superb news. It's just made my day. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to shout out to the B-boys and B-girls in the world because I don't think we actually truly know how, like, global, you know, breakdancing is. Um, I, I, I don't really think we take note on how global it is. I think it's, it, I, I think next to graffiti was probably like the first part of hip hop to go global, I think. Um, cause obviously you have like stuff like Wild Soul and that's obviously very, the, both graffiti and breakdancing in that film. But, you know, I, everyone, everyone got into breakdancing and because, and because it's so, the reason why simply in my mind is because it's so accessible. Like, you don't even need shoes to do it. Like, you know, you probably should wear shoes to do it, but you, you technically don't need shoes to do it. Like, you know, all you need is yourself. And that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Depend, uh, and maybe like a flat surface, you know what I mean? But uh, obviously for rapping, you know, if you want to record it, you obviously need the tech for that. If you're DJing, you obviously need some decks. If you're graffitiing, you need some cans. 
um, for break dancing, all you need is yourself and you know your ability to do it, and uh, yeah, that's why it went global so quickly, and um, unfortunately, why it went into obscurity so fast because it's hard to it's hard to market dancing in that way. Um, you know, you can make it, it, it always dancing becomes a it's always a phenomenon, um, and then it just you know and it just flings away right you know what i mean like, there's, there's plenty of there's plenty of hip-hop dances that we've that we know over the years right you know what i mean the left it, left it you know what i mean the the <laughs> the whip nay nay all that stuff right but you know even those die out at some point like nobody's doing the shoot no more that was a lit move i, I enjoyed the shoot but it's gone now it's, it's, it's dead but break dancing is still here there's there's still it's still international it's still recognized and uh, you know the fact this in the Olympics, it just makes me, it ju it just shows there's something there, um, still still always has been there, and it's just waiting to be recognised once again. And uh, I I just I just love the fact that that whole community is just like you know stayed there stayed alive and thrived in the underground, and uh, now it's coming up to <laughs> it's coming up to one of the biggest stages in. Uh, you know, in the world, the Summer Olympics. So, uh, you know, it's 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 supremely, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing turnaround, honestly. Yeah, it's a huge win. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited to see it. I'm glad it's getting the respect it deserves and the the acknowledgement it deserves from the international community. Um, I personally didn't know that it was uh that organized in terms of competitions and you know uh yeah stuff like that. Um. I'm really excited to see it, man. I'm really excited to see it. 2024, long way away, but um, it's a great, it's fucking great, man. And and like getting into the Olympics is not easy. Like, don't think that this is just some exhibition shit or whatever. Like, this is genuine shit. Gold medals mean shit. So, shout out, shout out, breakdancing. I'm gonna be really excited to watch that. Yeah, for real, for real. And Charlie said it all. I think Charlie said it all. By the way, that's why I haven't said much because I think Charlie absolutely nailed that. I mean, I mean, you've been doing the JC stuff, so you know, I, I have to do it. I have to do it somewhere. I have to get, I have to get my, <laughs> I have to get my soliloquies in somehow. You know what I mean? That <laughs> <laughs> was no, fair. No, it's great, man. It's great. It's great news. Like honestly, yeah. it's great news. Yeah, man. Shout, shout to the, shout to the B boys and B girls out there. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we shall finish there. Uh, from the Fifth and Podcast Network. It's been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor, the fifth element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Third and final part of Jay Z's retrospective. Obviously, coming next week, as per usual, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on where you live in the world. And uh, with that said, until then, have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show is Peace Video Games for Bonus Point. That's a chill off records for the ability to use. Socials, Fifth Fulfillment, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chill Off Records will be in the full show notes for every listening. This has been a Fifth and Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.